Now it is. Okay. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Welcome good morning. to our Telford Asbury United Methodist Church Outdoor Worship. Uh, we are so happy to have you here today. And I will tell you that I had an announcement I was supposed to make, and I can't remember what it was, and neither can he. So uh, it might come out later. It might not. So be checking the Facebook page because I know I feel like it was something really important, but I don't know. Uh, so anyways, we're glad to have you here. We're going to continue on meeting this way until we get notified otherwise. So we hope that you will continue to join us here. And if you can't make it, we are still streaming live. Um, today was the last day for the food donations for the Community Health Center. Uh, so if you have those with you today, let us know. Uh, Michael's going to get those dropped off uh, tomorrow or Tuesday. And um, I think that's it for me. I'm going to go ahead and pray for us, if that's okay, again. That's just okay. going to be my thing now, okay? Okay. All right. <laughs> Dear God, thank you so much for um, a blessing of a new day. Thank you for each and every person that's here today. Thank you for the ones that are watching and our replay watchers as well. God, we just ask that your peace be on us and our worship service. Help us to feel your presence with us. Thank you for this uh, beautiful morning um, and each and every day that you bless us with. We love you and we praise you and we honor you. And it's in your son's name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. And Kevin's going to sing for us this morning.
realities that God made the world and even hung the stars. I believe we're living in the days like when Noah built the ark. I'm just going on through it if I get there again. I believe that God made the world and even hung the stars. I believe we're living in the days like when Noah built the Oh, he came to save. 
sweet day I'll sing up there the song of victory. Sing it with me. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. And he loved me here, I knew him, and all my love is to him. He plunged me to victory.
Inspector prayer requests this morning. Let's take these to the Lord in prayer. Gracious and loving God, we do thank you that as we call out to you and come to you in prayer, that Lord, you hear our prayers. For the ones spoken aloud this morning, to the ones that we hold uh, close to our heart, God, you know the needs. As these names have been mentioned, Lord, we ask your your healing touch to be felt, your uh, presence to be with those families, especially during the loss of loved ones. And God, for that loss um, here uh, as well as around the world. Uh, God, we um, lift up those who have suffered under the path of a hurricane and for the rebuilding that will happen. And God, we thank you for ways in which you call us even in East Tennessee, to continue to be your church and to reach out as needed. And, and God, I thank you for the connectional ways that we are able to do that. So for all of those uh, from the Red Cross and Encore and World Kitchen who um, have been uh, in the area since before the storm hit, preparing for this time, God, may you bless the work of their hands as well. And um, may what they are doing bring glory to you as we're seeking to reach out and serve those uh, in Jesus' name. For our time together here today, God, I just ask your blessing and your presence to be felt by each person. May they know that um, they are the one that is, uh, you died on the cross for <laughs> sins of the world. It was their sins in particular. It was our sins in particular. And God, I thank you so much. Uh, and that is all because of your great love. So may your love be felt amongst us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You know, I was thinking it's interesting how some of the, um, the biggest and best opportunities in our life come really when we least expect it. Okay? You know what I mean? Have you ever experienced that? Like a lot of times some of the greatest things that might happen in our life often come through just maybe simple, ordinary steps that we seem to take and then all of a sudden we're surprised, Right? Like, we just went through life, and then this amazing thing happens, and it catches us off guard, but it's wonderful, and we never even saw it coming. Kind of like the day I proposed to Heather. She's not up here to tell you. That was probably the highlight, uh, one of two, okay? Jesus is the other one, but one of two highlights of her life, right? Didn't even see it coming, then her life changed. It's just wonderful. Or, or to get biblical with it, um, the day that, that David killed Goliath, Right? you remember how that story worked out, the only reason why David was even there in the first place is because his dad sent him to run an errand. He was to, told to go take some bread and cheese to his brothers who were on the front line in the battle. That's how David ended up there. Good reminder for everybody, obey your father, right? Just do what your dad says and you never know the benefits and the glory that God may bestow upon you simply because you acted, you know, in obedience. But it was really David just 
an ordinary, simple act, right? He went to bed that night as, as the hero of the nation. But when he woke up that morning, he was just performing daily, ordinary acts. Or like Moses, who delivered um, the Israelite people from slavery in Egypt. It all started when Moses was tending sheep for his father-in-law. And then he noticed a bush that was on fire, and he goes to check it out, and God speaks to Moses from the burning bush, calls to Moses, and Moses obeys. Yes, a little reluctantly, and he put up his arguments before God, but ultimately, Moses did what God called him to do, and he was the deliverer of, and a leader of, of millions of people. And it all started with a simple act of obedience, or or maybe even how Peter and his co-workers, one day they were fishing. They had fished all night and didn't catch anything. And then Jesus shows up and he's like, guys, why don't you just try it a different way? And then they brought in so many fish that their nets were busting. And Jesus said, now I want you to leave those nets and follow me. I bet when they got up that morning, they didn't realize how amazing that their day was going to be, that they would literally be drafted into the service of the Lord, and some of them would even end up writing portions of what we have as the Bible today. It just probably started out as a very simple and unexpected kind of day. Some of the greatest moments and experiences and seasons of your life will come from very what seems like very ordinary acts of obedience, just, just a routine step of faith. Now, in those routine steps of faith, however, sometimes we will experience suffering. And, and that's what I want to talk to you about today, the, um, the uncertainty of suffering. Today we are finishing up this five-week series. We've been in the Gospel of Matthew for five weeks. Each week we've been looking at, a, at an uncertain, uncertain aspect of our lives, primarily because the times that we are living in right now seem so uncertain and we have so many questions. And what I hope that you've seen in these five weeks is that no matter what the uncertainty is in our life, there is certainty in Jesus. Okay, That Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that he has known what's been going on and what was going to happen. He knows specifically where you are in your life right now, the prayer requests that you have, the concerns you have, the praises that you have, the doubts and the fears that you have. Jesus is, is aware of all of these. All of these are known to him. And in Jesus' great love for us, he is right here with us as well. So we're going to check out this scripture reading again. If you're using your digital worship guide, just click on Matthew. It'll take you directly to it. Scripture today is Matthew chapter 16, verses um, 21 through 28. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. And then Jesus said to his disciples, must deny themselves. Take up their cross and follow me. 
For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels, and then He will reward each person according to what they have done. Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be God. to God. So there's a lot of stuff in here, all right? This is a, a whole lot of, of good stuff crammed into this one passage. But did you hear how it all started at the beginning? The way that verse 21 began is that Jesus is explaining to his disciples that he is going to head to Jerusalem and that he is going to suffer many things. And that's not what anybody wanted to hear. Nobody wants to hear that someone you love is going to suffer. And the disciples are no different here. They, they don't want to hear it because things have been going good. In fact, Jesus has fed 5,000 plus people with, with a little bit of bread and some fish, right? They went on a, a no, northern tour of Israel. They're checking out the area. They're talking to people. They're teaching. They're healing. Jesus has walked on water. And then last week, the pinnacle of all of this, Peter's confession of faith, that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And today, Jesus is letting them know that along with these experiences, these wonderful, amazing things that are going to happen in your life, these amazing miracles and things that God is going to allow you to see in your life, along with those, there's going to be some suffering. And there's also going to be some hard times. Every day is not going to be free fish and chips for the multitudes. Every day isn't going to be water walking experiences and moments. It's not all going to be miraculous. In fact, it's not even about getting all of your needs met. It's not about even having all of your physical needs met. What it is about, Jesus says, is it's about him laying down his life so that the entire world will receive salvation in his name. Amen. And when Jesus says this, it's Peter who took him aside, verse 22 says, and began to rebuke him and said, never, Lord. That's where I needed that little. <laughs> never, never, Lord. This is, I'm not going to let this happen to you. Now, to rebuke someone means to correct them strongly. Peter starts giving Jesus his opinion. Peter lets Jesus know what his advice is concerning the situation. Like, I know you think that's the plan, Jesus, but I've got a better plan. H have any of you ever argued with God about something in your life? Can you raise your hand? Maybe through your actions or just in your mind. Okay. Any of you ever won your argument with God? Please keep your hand up. We, we grow out of that as we get a little older, though, Abby. So, Thankfully, here's the thing, though. Thankfully, Peter does not win this argument. Thankfully for all of us, Peter doesn't win it. Because Jesus then takes Peter aside and rebukes Peter, which is to correct him strongly, and says, get behind me, Satan. 
You're a stumbling block. You're only focused on the concerns of man. You're not focused on the concerns of God. Last week, Jesus called Peter the rock. This week, Jesus calls Peter Satan. How is it even possible, man, to go from that extreme to this extreme? How does that even happen in somebody's life over the course of a few days? And then I look at my own life, and I kind of get it. I kind of understand where Peter is. Peter is not Satan. In, in fact, Satan is not a, a name anyway. We see that in, in Bible, it's Hasatan. And it means the adversary. Do you remember when Jesus walked on water? The whole point of Jesus walking on water was because his disciples are out in the boat, right? Jesus is walking to them. And do you remember what was going on around everybody in that moment? There was a storm, right? There's a storm happening. In fact, the Bible said that it's an adversarial wind that had came up against the disciples who were in the boat, right? This adversary was attacking them, had been beating them down all night long. So Jesus comes out walking on the water to his disciples because the wind is against them, because the adversary is against them. Jesus is not going to let the adversary continue to beat down his children. So Jesus shows up. Jesus gets in between the wind and his children because his children are in the boat and the wind is coming up against him, right? And that's the adversary that Jesus steps in between. And yet here, Jesus calls Peter the adversary. It's Peter the rock. The first person, the first person recorded in the Gospels who confessed his faith that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of the living God, the long-awaited Savior of the world. It is now Peter who is being influenced by the adversary of personal preference. And then in his words that Jesus speaks, Peter literally becomes the adversary of Jesus' will and mission. He becomes a stumbling block to the plans that God had already put in place. And I think it's because Peter just loses sight of it for a minute. See, when, when you're focused on the pain, you're not going to see the reality of the promise. Sometimes the pain is right there. That, that idea of that suffering is not something that Peter wants to endure. Because if he, Peter has agreed to follow Jesus, right? If Jesus is headed to Jerusalem to suffer, then by extension, Peter is probably going to have some suffering in his own life as well. Now, I believe Peter did not want Jesus to suffer. He loved Jesus, but I believe that Peter has also some personal preference regarding suffering in his own life, and he wants to do what he can to try to avoid that. Jesus had said he was going to suffer many things and be killed, right? But in verse 21, Jesus didn't stop there. He said something else. But Peter didn't hear it. What Jesus said was that on the third day, you with me? I'm going to suffer, I'm going to die, and then Peter like shuts it off. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody, and you're trying to explain or tell them something, and at some point they just quit listening to you? Don't look at them, because I know if you birth 
them, then that's who you're thinking about. Or if you married them, that's who you're thinking about. But sometimes we just check out, right? We zone out. We start hearing something. We don't want to hear it anymore. And if Peter had listened to the whole thing, he would have known the glory and the wonder of what was going to happen. And that is this promise of resurrection. And I think that would have changed everything for Peter. But he got focused on the idea of the suffering. And he, doesn't, he can't get to the resurrection because the suffering is going to block him, yes. right? So that's where he is when he says this, and Jesus says you're a stumbling block. And I, I got thinking this week, I wonder how many times in my own life I've been a stumbling block to what Jesus had planned or what God's will was for something to happen or how I, in particular, wanted something to turn out. I wonder how many times, like Peter, I become a stumbling block because I open my mouth instead of following the Lord. It's also made me think how many things in my life I need to get behind me. Do you know what I mean? Do you have things in your life this morning that are in between you and Jesus? Because that's what this whole thing about getting behind me adversary that Jesus says, get behind me, Asatan, get behind me, this, this adversarial way of doing things. Jesus needs Peter behind him because that's the only way that Peter can follow Jesus to Jerusalem. You can't follow Jesus if you're constantly out in front of Jesus, wanting Jesus to catch up with where you're going. There are also things in our life that need to be behind us because they're right now they are in between us and our relationship with Jesus. I think we've all got some of those things in our life. Maybe it's the fear that we need to say, get behind me. Maybe it's the uncertainty that we need to say, get behind me. Maybe it's the addiction that we need to say, get behind me. Maybe it's the lust or the pornography. We need to say, get behind me. Maybe it's the debt. We need to say, get behind me. Maybe it's the doubt. We need to say, get behind me. Maybe it's the stress. We need to say, get behind me. Maybe it's the insecurity. We need to say, get behind me. Maybe it's Satan. We need to say, get behind me. I don't know what your thing is this morning that is in between you and Jesus, but you can look at it today and in Jesus' name say, get behind me. Are you with me? Just making sure y'all are on the same page where I'm going here. They've got to get behind us. Because we can't follow Jesus if they're in between us. And I'm not following those things anymore. I have decided, y'all with me, to follow Jesus. And I will leave where Jesus is sending me. That's what this journey to Jerusalem is going to be about. It's about following. And in moving forward, in following, we leave some things behind. And those are things in our life that need to be left behind. This doesn't mean that you don't do anything when you follow Jesus. This doesn't mean that you just sit around like God's going to take care of everything. I don't have to do anything because I'm following Jesus now. Yes, God may provide the food. But at some point you need to get off your butt and go to the kitchen and cook it. Are you with me? <laughs> following Jesus is not a passive ride along. It's an active life of faith demonstrated in living love and holy grace. That's what these next three verses in here talk about. And, and, and any of these could be a, a full sermon. I just want to touch on them real quick. 
Because these verses, I think, provide a key to spiritual wellness during anxious times. So if you've experienced any anxiety and uncertainty in your life, I want to kind of guide you to these verses where Jesus began to speak to his disciples in verse 24. In fact, he says four things, and here they are real quick. Number one is deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Number two is if you want to save your life, you're going to lose your life. Number three is a question. What's more important to you, your stuff or your soul? And the fourth one is what can you offer in exchange for your soul? Another way of saying this is what, what is your soul worth? Okay? Those are four things that Jesus lays out here. If you've experienced any anxiety or uncertainty, I want to encourage you to check those out this week. But I do want to say that in all of this, a life of discipleship begins with denial. This doesn't mean that you deny yourself basic necessities like food or drink. But for some people, it might mean denying yourself that next purchase if you're already in debt. For some people, it might mean denying yourself that, that piece of cake if you need to lose a few pounds because of your health. But see, even in those, you're focused on a greater good. Do you see that? You're putting something bigger ahead of yourself. Denying yourself might mean financially that you give a little extra to support ministries that are making a difference in the world around us. Denying yourself might mean that you give specifically to, to your church a set amount every week or, or every month. Or maybe it means that you, you stop trying to hoard things for yourself and you actually begin the process of, of tithing and giving. And I know that's hard. That's why we want to encourage that with children initially. Children are the most gracious givers. That's one thing I loved when we were able to worship inside. We had the little piggy bank set up. You got kids throughout the whole service, man. They're coming up because they want an opportunity to give. Adults, we have to literally pass you an offering plate so that you will put something in it, right? That's the difference. That's why we want to encourage the giving with children first because if we wait too long, it gets hard. And I totally get that. It's hard because we feel like we don't have enough. That's why we started this series on uncertainty, talking about the uncertainty of scarcity. When the disciples wanted to send away thousands of people because they looked at a meager little amount of food and they thought, it's not enough. We don't have enough to take care of all of them. And what Jesus wanted was the heart of a servant to be able to step out in faith and say, I don't know how God's going to make this work, but I believe that he is. And in that moment of uncertainty, Jesus provided abundance over scarcity, and I believe he does the same thing in our lives as well. Amen. But at the core of it, denying yourself is putting God's will above your own will. Denying yourself is saying no sometimes to something you want and saying yes to something that God wants you to do. Denying yourself might be waking up in the morning where your first thought is, Lord, what do you want me to do today? As opposed to our first thought being, what is it that I want to do today? Now hear me. In none of this am I saying um, that you don't care for yourself. I am an avid proponent of proper self-care. But I also believe that proper self-care is ultimately not found in material things. Ultimately, self-care is found in a spiritual relationship. And so then Jesus says, deny yourself and take up your cross. I've heard people say that the cross is very physical. Like, oh, I've got arthritis. This is just my cross to bear. 
That's not what Jesus is talking about here, guys. In Roman times, to take up your cross literally meant you are walking the green mile. You're headed to an inevitable death. Picking up your cross means that you are letting some things die in your life so that you can say yes to some other things. If I get too hoarse here, we're going to put that little echo thing on Twitter. Sounds cool. <laughs> Look, all of this started with Jesus trying to tell his disciples um, what was going to happen. And he was trying to tell them, you're going to experience some hard things in your life. Okay? You're going to go through suffering. The point of the, the life is not to not have suffering. <laughs> the point of the life is to know that God is with us. So, <clears throat> maybe today you woke up thinking this was going to be just an ordinary day. Maybe today the simple act of faith was to get up and come here <clears throat> or to log in online. I'm so, I'm so thankful that you did. But what if God has something bigger in store for you today? What if today was the day that through a step of faith you said yes to following Jesus? What if today is a day through the strength of God <clears throat> you resolve to put something behind you what if today is a day where you deny yourself in some area to be able to say yes to something else? I want to pray with you right now. And whatever God is speaking to you, today I want to pray that you have the courage and the strength to say yes. Let's pray together. Gracious and loving God, as we are before you today, we know that many things come in between us and you. God, sometimes it's situations and circumstances that are out of our control. Sometimes, God, it's our own decisions. Sometimes it's because I'm more focused on me than I am on you. And I allow this adversary to get in between us. Today, God, by the power of your grace and your strength, I ask that, that you give us power to put these things behind us in Jesus' name. Whatever has been standing in between us and you, Today, God, let that be the day, let this be the day, where we, we, through your strength, can put it behind us. Today, if we've got that thing, if you've got that thing in your life today, where today is the day you're saying, get behind me, go ahead and raise your hand, because I just want to be in prayer for you about that this week. Okay? If today is the day where, for the first time, you're like, I'm going to say yes to follow Jesus. My life has been full of stress and uncertainty already. Today is the day where I want to commit my life to Christ. If you feel that in your heart today, go ahead and raise your hand. I just want to continue to be praying with you about that today. Amen, amen. Today, the, the, the heavens are rejoicing as we make these commitments fresh and new in our lives. God, I thank you for your grace and your love on these who have raised their hands. I pray that you give them your strength and your will, God, to continue to follow you. I know that tomorrow is going to be a challenging day. I know that this afternoon is going to be a challenging day because the adversary is not going to let up. And for these who raise their hand today, God, the adversary may even be a stronger wind against them. But God, I thank you that you are stronger than all things. I thank you that your mighty name will prevail among everything in life, God. I thank you that through your grace we are saved and that by believing in you we have the promise of an abundant life both here in this world and for eternity. God, we thank you for your love and your grace. This morning, I invite you to stand as we receive this benediction and know that as we leave here, that we go not alone, but we go as God is with us.
So as we go from this pavilion, as we go from this place, may the strength and the grace and the glory of God be felt in your lives today and every day in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. And be blessed. Thank you for joining us today.